0: welcome to the biz bash podcast where
1: we make biz strategy a piece of cake i'm elizabeth and i'm cami but you might know us better as eliza and calligraphy and cami monet we want to help you our fellow stationers artists and calligraphers confidently build a profitable and personality driven creative biz we're
0: here to share our honest to goodness advice and actionable strategies for ambitious artists so
1: put on your party hat quit being a procrastinator gator and let's get this party started
0: Hey everyone, it is Cammie and Elizabeth back for another Biz Bash podcast episode of Q&Cake. It's our 15th one. We have made it to number 15 and we pulled another five questions from you guys to answer today and we're excited to talk all of these over and BT Dougs, we're still recording this in the middle of like all the COVID craziness, so if Cammie and I are a little like slap happy and goofy we have some major (laughs) brain farts please forgive us (laughs) we are never like that i don't know what you're talking about don't even try to blame it on coronavirus because we're always insane (laughs) i know we're always insane and crazy but we were just like talking about so much stuff like before we started recording this in terms of like Cammy found this really interesting article in psychology and Cammy, I want you to share it because I, I just like want our audience to hear it. Cause I feel like everyone needs to hear it. Okay. <laughs> well, this is obviously
1: boat. condensed into Cammy speak. So obviously it was much more <laughs> eloquently stated, but it was basically like, because none of us can plan for the future right now, because we literally don't know what's going to happen. That part of our brain is just like, and like doesn't know how to handle things because you can't plan for like, the next month because you don't know what the freak is going on we don't know if businesses are going to open up or what's happening um so your brain like literally shuts that chunk of your brain down so everything feels like way slower like because you're missing that part of like your like neurological sequence so like any kind (laughs) of like high level organization your brain like cannot like literally can't function like it just can't you guys or like creativity your creativity is going to feel really down because you're like putting all your effort to trying to figure out how to plan even though you can't um so basically everyone's just going through a giant brain fire right now obviously the way the psychologist explained it was a lot better but that's just me paraphrasing (laughs) Yeah. So basically, if you're
0: feeling like exhausted and weird, kind of like Cammy and I are, then that's totally normal. Cammy asked me a very simple question um, before we started recording about dates for something. And I'm pretty sure it like burnt my brain circuit. <laughs> like I was like, could not <laughs> I <got a> broker. <laughs> I, I broker. <laughs> Cammie was like, I did not expect us to have this serious of a conversation. I was like, I didn't expect it either, but I can't, like, function. I can't plan for tomorrow, much less, like, (laughs) three or four months from now. And so I feel like we're just, like, all in the same boat. And, yeah, just all getting through that. And hopefully, I mean... This episode, I think, is going to come out in like a few weeks from where we're recording it. So who even knows what things are going to look like at that
1: point? I know. Hopefully, it's all different by then. Hopefully, they're be like, "What are they even talking about? That's old news." <laughs> like, I hope that's what happens. I know. I do look forward to the day, like a year from now,
0: when all of this is old news, or when we have a vaccine and people don't have to panic anymore. Like, yeah, I look forward to that a lot. Okay. I'm going to go ahead and ask the first question so we can get started here. Yay. (laughs) This is from Diana T. And for some reason, I just put names in this episode and not Instagram handles. So I'm sorry about that. But Diana T. submitted this and she said, Hey, ladies, thinking about starting a semi-custom stationary line for Etsy. How would you handle signing contracts if I were to do it this way? Thank you so much.
1: Well, I don't do invitations through Etsy, but I would imagine you would have to go offline into email or by offline I mean off Etsy and sending a contract (laughs) via email because you can't send contracts via Etsy like there's no way that would work
0: no I don't think yeah I think you would have to if they were to like purchase from you you would have to be like okay you'll be receiving a contract from this email address to sign so you can either use DocuSign Dubsado any other thing that's out there just for signing contracts but you might not necessarily need Dubsado if you're doing semi custom it's up
1: to you on how you like want to run everything but yeah but i think you would have to take that to email and etsy does frown upon taking things off their messaging platform so i'm always i am curious about how people who do imitations and that kind of stuff for etsy like how that works cuz i just don't yeah. i mean i don't personally know we both have never done that but i if i was going to do that I would move everything over to email and be like, okay, the purchases happened, everything else will happen over your email at this point.
0: Right. That you would know? have been a great question to ask for Jessica of Emperor Stationery. Cause I know that she used to do a ton of stuff through Etsy. Um and that she eventually pulled all of it from there and doesn't have a presence on Etsy anymore at all, I think. Yeah. I'm not saying go ask her directly, but I'm thinking that might be something cool to bring up with her during one of the stationer summit live sessions, because I know she's doing one, a QA. So Maybe we can re-ask in there. So, Diana, if you're part of that, then maybe you can hop on there and either watch the replay or follow up later and we'll have a better answer.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we'll work on that one. We'll All work right. on that. So we didn't do that one that great, but that's okay. <laughs> Moving be, on. We'll on to the next one. So this is from Grace Langdon, and she says, how did you guys make the decision that offering an invitation service over a product service was for you? As a watercolor artist doing mostly nursery art, home, pet, and venue portraits, I never thought I would want to take the leap to invitations. I have created some for my personal use, such as baby's first birthday, baby showers, etc., and I've loved the design and printing process, but I'm scared to take the leap to offer invitations. I love listening every Tuesday and honestly don't think I would ever even take in the time to dabble in invitations if it wasn't for you guys.
0: Oh, that's exciting. (laughs) Thank you, Grace. (gasps) That was from Grace. Grace Langdon also Cami, I was trying not to laugh because every time you say service it sounds like surface <laughs> to me sorry guys I have a little bit of a lift uh, uh, it's true <laughs> no, oh, do
1: bad. you really
0: yeah I really you... do I had, like speech therapy as a kid <laughs>
1: oh my gosh I'm my friend so sorry <laughs> I know it's I like... didn't mean to like pick on you but when oh, we were, I do like... not care I sound like a crazy goose half the time I'm talking
0: so. <laughs> I literally heard like offering an invitation surface over a product surface that
1: was like what I heard when you read that i love it well if you're thinking about offering some surfaces (laughs) in your business service service services service service oh my gosh they do sound the same (laughs) they sound super similar especially when you
0: say them quickly like i don't think it's yeah i don't think it's only you service surface. yeah service surface
1: (laughs) oh my lanta
0: Uh, Anyways, back to answering Grace's question, I always kind of knew I wanted to do invitations ever since I did my own. So everything I did like leading up to that point was just to get to making invitations. So I feel like my answer is really boring, because I didn't have this like big necessarily aha moment or anything like that. It was just always something I knew, like really kind of lit a fire under me and I was like really excited by it and wanted to pursue that and wanted to become better at it and make it part of my business. So I don't know, maybe if you keep putting off taking the leap to offer invitations, is it because you don't feel like it would be the best fit? Like, I think that might be the better question. Because if you're really happy offering your watercolor art, like for the nursery, home, pet, venue, portraits, all of that stuff. You don't have to do invitations if you don't want to, but maybe Cammy has more insight on this because Cammy also obviously does a ton of watercolor art and yeah. portraits and so, all that.
1: Grace, um, you say you love the design and printing process, so I'm like, what is stopping you? Just do it. Like it sounds like you've already done it and enjoyed the process, so it might be time to just like open it up to the public and you know work with a client one on one and see how that goes because maybe you haven't worked with a client yet and you don't understand that process, which it is a lot more in depth than you know just the portraits or custom paintings it is a lot more so I think you should do just one see how you like it like maybe do it at a lower price point just to see you know kind of test get your feet in the get your feet wet and in the door to see if you like it (laughs) but and then if not you can just be like okay I tried it I don't love it and like it sounds like you're doing some of like Like, not weddings, like the birthdays, baby showers, wedding showers. Like, honestly, I feel like there's a huge market for just those types of invitations. They're a lot less um, high touch than wedding invitations and a lot less pressure. So, maybe starting with those, offering those for your clients would be really good. And then for me, like, I obviously, I mean, I started with invitations with my business too. Like, I had some products, but like, I knew I wanted to do invitations. And like, I guess for me, like, (laughs) the money is so good with invitations. Like there's such a, it's such a good market to be in with invitations. Um, And it's like a really natural fit. If you're able to offer custom designs and custom artwork that it just goes so well hand in hand. And it was such a huge, like part of my business growing, like being able to grow. Like, I don't think I could have sustained my business from like the first year with just the products that I had alone. If I didn't have the invitations to like supplement that. And that was really helpful for me. So that's why I continue to do invitations or at least starting out. Because it was like the whole thing funding my business, you know? Now mm-hmm. I'm kind of like scaling back on those a little bit. But I, I definitely think if you're like looking to expand your business, maybe look into some other ways to diversify your revenue, the invitations could be a really good fit. I mean, your artwork's so beautiful and you're already kind of working with clients like that anyway. So why not just test the waters and see? That's my two cents. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or you
0: can also start dipping your toes too by creating artwork for other stationers. If you're really scared to go completely like you know to completely dive into the field of wedding invitations you can always start providing artwork first making connections with some stationers um doing it that way but i think not to get all like psychology or like therapist on you or anything i'd love I when think you get a
1: therapist on oh, cake, right
0: <laughs> i think it's really important i think we need to come up with like a funny name for me when i get like this yes well we'll let you come up with something okay Kim, but <laughs> Dr. Liza. Dr. Liza. I kind of love that. I think it's important to ask yourself like why you're scared. Is it because you don't want to have to deal with feedback from clients? Is it because you're afraid that that'll make you more vulnerable to feeling like insecure about your artwork if you were to get feedback that they wanted something changed? Um, Because I think that's like a lot of our Fears is that when you work one on one with client stuff, especially in an invitation suite, because the process is so much longer, that one of our fears as creatives is just how do I deal with that constructive criticism or criticism that I might receive from a client, because that can be like very emotionally aggravating, I guess, or like tiresome or like when Cammy yeah, just like the stress of it all. Yeah. Horse <laughs> yeah. Horse skate for Cammy was like the absolute like worst, like the stress of dealing with clients. Like, is that the part that scares you? Or is it the part like the logistics side of it, like with the contracts and the proofing and all of that? Because once you outline really what scares you, then you can break down like, okay, well, here's three ways I can tackle this element of my fear or her, here's three ways I can tackle this other element in my fear and then it becomes more constructive instead of you just saying like I'm scared to do this without like really diving into why that
1: is that was very excellent Dr. Liza thank you <laughs> thank you so much thank you for that therapy <laughs> session. that was great so yeah we're gonna hashtag some, not a doctor <laughs> we're gonna need some follow-up details on this degree. grace so just tell us what you're afraid of so <laughs> Okay. So next question. This one is from Jane F. And she says, how do you handle requests for samples? Do you have a set pre-made sample package that you send out to customers? And what do you include in it? Thank you.
0: Cammy and I <laughs> are probably not <laughs> the best people to talk about this. We do have some insight because we know what other people do.
1: But Cammy and I don't really send out samples. I mean, I send out some. So I don't like have like sample packs available on my website or like send samples to leads really a ton I mean like typically I send paper samples to clients who have booked but we're trying to decide if whatever paper they like better like so they can see it and feel it in their hands to understand like what I'm offering I don't really send like envelope colors it's, it's literally just being like here's the 120 pound here's the 240 pound it's good they're just unsure or they just want to see what it feels like you know because they just they don't know so I'm only sending stuff to like that for actual clients but for leads I don't really send sample paper samples or anything if i did um i have had like some mothers of the bride ask for you know they want to feel the paper and they have this like very high expectation of what it's going to be and like i will send them some and i usually charge like twenty dollars or something for it and then they can like take that off their quote if they decide to book with me and then if i have like a really 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 high-end client that i'm really trying to work with like a a lead or something and like i have one right now that's going to be a really good client. And she was like, can you just send like one or two paper samples? And I'm just going to send that because honestly, it's like a super low cost way for me to like connect with them even more and get them excited. So mm-hmm. I kind of do it on a case by case basis. No right, Yeah.
0: <laughs> but neither of us have like any sort of like pre made sample package. Right. I, right. I feel like
1: where that gets used most
0: often, like a pre made sample package is for people who are offering collection suites. Yes. So I see people doing that quite a bit if they have like swatches of every envelope color that they're using in their collection and they have like three t- types of paper they normally use and three types of printing methods and it becomes really easy to put like little swatches or cards in the sample pack of like every single one of those so your client can have something or like to have extra prints of a certain collection type so that you can send an example of that to a client. But I think when you're doing completely custom, like high-end luxury stationery, the sample part comes kind of like what Cammie said. Like if you booked somebody and they're like, I really want to understand the difference between this and this, then you can open up a conversation about that. But sadly... We don't have a lot of good like insight on the pre-made sample packages that would get sent out.
1: Yeah. I almost feel like like your guide that you put together is almost like a sample package in itself, even though it's not like sweets. But to me, it kind of like is along the same veins of something you would send out to customers that kind of just explains the process or like things you can get. Like, I don't know. Oh, like my, way
0: of- Yeah. My 2020 yeah. wedding guide.
1: Yeah. Like I feel I know that's not like exactly this is a sample of my work, but I, I do feel like it is a sample like a little insight into your process and like the type of work you do. So I do feel mm-hmm. like it's like a little bit of a sample package. But Yeah.
0: Yeah, I forgot. Oh my gosh, I have like my brand new version of that that Catherine created for me. Oh, <laughs> I, I didn't should even have see sent that. it. I know I should have sent it to the two inquiries, like the two quotes I just sent out in the past week, and I totally forgot to send that as an oh attachment. So maybe I should follow up. And
1: oh gosh, my yeah, Lanta. you can use that in your follow up and just be like, oh, I also wanted to send over this wedding guide. Hope y'all are doing great.
0: Yes, X-O-X-O. exactly. <laughs> XOXO. Okay, so hopefully, maybe that gave you a little bit of insight, Jane. Even we if you're putting on
1: these questions,
0: today. answer specifically. I know we are not on a roll today. It's okay. I just like feel I slept really hard last night, which was great. But I also just couldn't get up because I was sleeping so hard. It yeah. was so
1: wonderful. It's great, but also <laughs> the worst. Yeah. <laughs>
0: And I had horrible dreams all night, Cammy. I forgot to tell you this, that that like Will and I were on this like cross-country camping trip. I think I'm getting a lot of weird like travel dreams right now because like we can't travel. Yeah. And like my family was there and stuff. And like my sister was supposed to be keeping an eye on Zuko and Azula with us because for some reason the cats were with us on this like across the country travel camping trip. Oh my god! And gosh. they like got out. Oh, that's so stressful. Oh, so then we like couldn't find them, specifically me, right? I'm the one that's like searching everywhere. And then there was like this whole other weird layer where there were other animals in the dream working for these like bad animals that were trying to catch like strays and make them part of their like weird like mafia. I don't even know. (laughs) It got so weird so fast. Oh my gosh i found a pink cheetah though so that was cool you got a pink cheetah what is happening what is happening i found a pink cheetah and the pink cheetah was gonna help me track down zuko and azula because she was fast enough to run and catch them
1: i don't even know what to say right now. <laughs> this is amazing <laughs> it was very very vivid okay i, I hope that this break. is like the sound bite we use for this episode it's gonna be like well i had a pink cheetah they're gonna be like what <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, this is just like where my head is right now like why am i having such a hard time answering a single question feels like the hardest thing i've ever done ever it's
1: rough oh, all it's right rough times are we ready for the next one? I've, I think we're as ready as we're going to get. Like, I think this yeah. is it. This is max functioning capacity right now. So <laughs> All right. So this is
0: from Rebecca McMahon. And she said, I would love to know more about ordering paper samples from suppliers. I feel awkward emailing suppliers asking for samples from them. I don't want them to think I'm just asking for something free from their business. It would be great to know the best practice on this front so I can start my relationship with them off on the right foot.
1: Well, the best practice is to just do it. I feel like my answer on Q and K is always just do it. Just do it, <laughs> but it's seriously, just like a Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> I know that's me. It's just picture me in the Shia LaBeouf gift being like, just do it. Um, but seriously, like they are expecting you to ask for samples. Like that's what they want you to do, so you can like look at their quality and see if you want to work with them. I ask for suppliers for samples all the time. Like I did that with my notepads. I asked for a bunch of samples. I asked for samples with foil, with this, like all kinds of things. Like that's totally like a normal thing. They don't think you're like trying to get something for free because like, what are you going to do with them anyway? (laughs)
0: Like start a fire with paper? I don't know. (laughs) Like I think if anything, like if you're nervous about like best practices, I think as long as you're expressing to them, like, hey, I'm interested in using you for X, Y, and Z project or X, Y, and Z product in my business. Do you have samples you could share with me? I'd be really interested in seeing them is like the perfect way to phrase it. Because if anything, they should be like, you know, hopefully flattered that you're inquiring, especially for these like really big like production companies or printing houses or even like some of the smaller printing houses or like a letterpress place, like is going to be more than happy to send you samples of past work because they want to try
1: to like book you basically. Yeah, and like 90 percent of the time they already have samples available or like a sample place where you can request on their website to get a sample pack like they already have this like this is very common and very expected so don't feel weird or awkward at all like they totally expect you to reach out for samples
0: yeah agreed and some people do um charge for sample packs like certain envelope companies have sample packs and wax seal companies who have their like i call it like my like Pantone guide or like swatch book of wax seals. You yeah. know what I'm talking yeah. about. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Some of them will be online, and you'll have to pay for stuff like that. But honestly, it's well worth it because I love having that stuff in person.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: Okay, perfect. I think that's so funny the irony of that because we're like, no, we don't offer samples to anyone. But yes, yeah, <laughs> you should expect the other companies to
1: provide them. So funny. I mean, I just no one really asked for samples from me. <laughs> like. <sighs> yeah, it's very so different
0: funny. when it's like a client coming to you for like a high-end luxury service than it is when you're going to,
1: you know, no, you're going to like try to saying products. don't offer samples. <laughs> I just never really knew. But yeah, that is amazing. <laughs> oh gosh okay last question why don't you read it Cammy? okay how would you handle a public negative review for example a poor review written on a facebook page or on etsy what tips do you have for responding to the review also do you have any advice for not taking the review too personally this is from steph s dr liza can you weigh in
0: (laughs) gosh this is this is a tough one i have seen some people handle some Reviews online with like a lot of grace, like really bad reviews with a lot of grace. And I don't want to like put Kaylee on the spot, but Kaylee and Mulberry Market Designs, she used to do a ton of her like wood signs, acrylic signage, wedding day of signage through Etsy. And she would get some like reviews on there that would be like really negative and really bad. And most of the time, that was a result from someone not reading the listing to like understand that it would take three to four weeks because it was custom. So basically, what she would do, and I'm lucky that I haven't necessarily like been in this position before, but the way she kind of handled it was she would almost like publicly outline what the communication with the customer looked like. (laughs) So she would be like, Hey there, Miranda on such and such date, you ordered this from me. Well, I think she would, first of all, be like, we apologize so much that your experience was negative. And then she would go into like on such and such day you ordered this from us. We do as you know, quoted in the listing, we do have a three to four week processing time and we heard from you like a week in like, asking where it was and you know she would like yeah. tell like kind of tell the story <laughs> yeah so that like I think that anyone else who read that would then see her response to understand like what happened here or where was like the bad communication or where was that person like misinformed and I think I would be interested to Steph to hear from you like was this in reaction to a product or a reaction to a service? Because I think you also have to respond to those slightly differently as well, especially in terms of like what they were upset about. Because I think one of the things is that it's okay to take a good cry <laughs> if you're like, wow, this is really crappy. This hurts my feelings. I feel awful. I feel embarrassed. Like, first of all, just like cry that out and get that emotion out of the way before you even think about like responding to something that someone wrote. Because the second thing you have to think about is like, what did I learn from this? And like, what can I do better in the future? Because most of the time, a bad review results from unmet expectations. And that's a good learning lesson for how can I better serve my clients going forward? How can I make my process better going forward so that this never happens again? Yeah, (laughs) And I never have to deal with something like this. Because as much as we sometimes want to, you know, just pawn it off to like, oh, wow, that client was awful. That was a bad client. I think a lot of the people in the industry would say that there is, quote unquote, no bad client if you're managing their expectations well. And now everyone has certain opinions about that. Like we already kind of jokingly laughed about Horsegate earlier this episode. And that was like something kind of like way over the top where Cammie did have to deal with something that was like extreme, I would say. but. I think more than anything, it's about taking it is that learning experience while also trying to save face publicly <laughs> as best as possible.
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't
0: know, Cami. Do you have like additional
1: insight? Yeah, I w- I'm just thinking too because sometimes, um, well, I don't think I've had like any bad reviews about the wedding invitation thing or anything like that on my Facebook. I mean, I had that one review that was like. Don't like the artwork, and I'm like, who are you? I don't even know who you are, <laughs> and left a one star. And I respond on there, been like, don't think we ever worked together, but thanks for your opinion. And people like really like that, um, because I left this funny gift with it. I don't know, I get sassy, but for like bad reviews, I all you got to kind of think, you know, like if that review actually has like weight to it or merit, or you could been like, or you know to yourself, you could be like, yeah, I did, I did screw that up. I could have done better. Or if it's like one of those where they, it's just a client who's or a customer who's like you know, you told them it's going to ship in a week and they're mad it didn't get there the next day. It's like, there's nothing you can do about that. Like you did everything you could, you outlined the expectations. And if you get someone like that, it's just like, okay. And then you respond, like Elizabeth was talking about her friend, where you just outline the communication, outline what happened and just be like as kind and gracious as possible and be like, you know, I'm sorry you didn't get the best experience in the future. I'd love to serve you better doing this, blah, 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 blah. But if it's something where it's like, yeah, I did Drop the ball on that. I said it was going to be ready in two weeks, and it actually took me two months, kind of thing. Where it's like, yeah, I did that. Like, I still think it's good to be honest too, and then reach out to them personally to be like, hey, how can I make this right? And like, um, make sure your experience with me was overall a good process and, you know, that kind of thing. So I think it's kind of like, you have to be honest with yourself, like, is this review actually merited, (laughs) you know, and not just be mad because it's a bad review, but like, take an introspective look in your business to see if that review could be something you could improve upon, or you truly did drop the ball, or if it's just, you know, some crazy customer on Etsy, because I feel like people on Etsy, like, love leaving one-star reviews. They also like to threaten you with one-star reviews. of like, you don't ship this, I'm going to leave you a one-star review. And that's just that's just messed up. Like I haven't had that personally happen to me, but I see stories and stuff on that. I'm just like, that is crazy. So, I mean, also um, nothing to keep in mind is like one bad review is not going to be the end of your business, even though it feels like the absolute end of the world. Like it's going to be okay. Most people, just skip right over unless it's like this person is the worst person ever like just like something super intense which you probably didn't get like (laughs) you know um so just like understand okay that person share their opinion respond back with as much grace as much kindness as you possibly can but just trying to take it to heart as much as it sucks like it does weigh weigh down you like any negative feedback or criticism or like I don't know, it, it it weighs on me too, especially with like artwork stuff. So even if it's not a public review, it was just a private email, like it weighs down on me. Yeah. So I, I totally understand. But you should have to realize like your business is not just built on this one person's opinion. You know, you have one bad opinion is doesn't outweigh the hundred of good ones that you get. So just keep that in mind. <laughs> yeah, Um. it's tough, though. Like you have to have tough skin with especially with like artwork stuff, because it is like, I always say it feels like I'm giving them a piece of my heart and then they just stomp on it and you're like, but I made this. I I made this for you and I put all these hours into it and now you don't like it. Like Aww. that's how I get, it gets really sad. So I completely understand, but you just kind of like take a deep breath and I don't know, just like let it go as best as possible, even though it feels impossible. <laughs> yeah. I kind of agreed to
0: that. Like the reviewers on Etsy can be like Yelp. You know, when people get, like, really intense on Yelp (laughs) and, like, leave horrible reviews of, like, restaurants and stuff. Yeah. Like, I actually think that's part of the reason that Kaylee of Mulberry Market Designs left Etsy entirely is, like, she didn't want to deal with that anymore. And especially people kind of, like, holding that over her head, right? Yeah. Like, I'm going to give you a run-star review, especially when – Etsy recently put that policy in place about like the bad review ratio. Like if you hit a certain amount of like bad reviews, it could give them permission to like shut your shop down. And she was like, it's too, (laughs) it's too risky for her and her business basically because she was like, so many people don't read my listing or they think because it's on Etsy, they'll get it in like two days, you know, instead of like the four weeks that it takes me to create a custom sign for somebody. And she was like, I just can't risk it. And I think they moved everything to her website. And same with um, Jessica of Empress Stationery. Like, we mentioned her earlier. She used to have all of her collections and everything on Etsy, too, and moved away from that platform entirely. Yeah. Not necessarily for review reasons, just for different personal reasons in their business and how they wanted to run things. But Yeah, it's just a different different culture
1: (laughs) over there. Yeah. It's like its its own thing. It really is, like, people can get really feisty, so i love yes. what I, actually I, I don't love but i that's a sarcastic love when i get reviews that are like a four star and it's like love the product beautiful then it's like four stars i'm like why did you just do the five star <laughs> like, like did you just actually yeah, Like, why this? only four
0: stars it's never made any sense it'll be
1: like the nicest reviews like beautiful product great packaging got here super fast four stars i'm like what could i have done to get the <laughs> <Like>, fifth? <laughs> what do you want from me oh, oh my gosh, my gosh. Um, yeah yeah, bad, bad reviews suck. And and of course, if they're written like a, a bad review that like you truly didn't work with someone, you can request base- Facebook to take it down too. I'm sure it's like a super tedious process. I'm sure it's not easy. Yeah. But mm-hmm. I think I did request for that one to be taken down because I didn't know who that person was. I'm going to go look at my page. Now yeah, I because I think see. if
0: you can like basically say like, um this person actually never hired me, that yeah. gives you grounds to take it down.
1: Yeah, but I think it's still up there. I don't know. My internet's being super slow. I don't know. It's somewhere in there, but. It's <laughs> somewhere. <laughs> somewhere. Oh, there it is. It says, sadly, I don't like the style she does. It's not for everyone. Doesn't recommend one star. <laughs> does not recommend. It's just oh my so gosh. I responded. I said, hi, um name. I don't believe we work together, but thanks for your honesty. And then I did like a GIF of Ace Ventura, and she said, you're welcome. <laughs> i never saw a response i'm gonna
0: (laughs) 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 what in the world you should just say thank you or back to her and (laughs) then she could say you're welcome again and then you could say thank you again you
1: should just keep Uh, going back and forth got some new stuff out what do you think of it now i'm gonna go comment that see you guys (laughs) just have fun with it But like, like Cammy
0: said, this is a total stranger to someone she doesn't know. So I'm assuming whoever Steph had to deal with probably was yes. a client. But like Cammy said, like a, a bad review is not everything and do not let it define your worth and just let it strengthen you and make you better. And like I said, nothing wrong with taking a good cry. I take a good cry all the time. Yeah. Cammy, do you remember when I... <laughs> When I, like, didn't think I would get those, like, welcome maps to the Rosemary Beach wedding I did on time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yes. (laughs) I just, like, I scream cried. And that is not even an exaggeration. Oh, my God. (laughs) And Will had to, like, listen to me just, like, outrageously sobbing in our bedroom. Like, there was no tomorrow.
1: Uh, (sighs) Yeah, that was... I could tell, like, we were on the phone and I was like, she's about to go freaking losing <laughs> like right now we hung up and i was like i'm scared for whatever happens next like i don't know what's gonna happen <laughs> oh my gosh but yeah sometimes you just gotta get that out i don't think i've had any scream cries well probably horsegate horsegate probably had some who even knows um you but tend yeah. to
0: be able to stay a little more emotionally composed than me Thank you, Dr. Liza. <laughs> yes. I admire that trait in
1: you. Well, I thank you. I'm very <sighs> even keeled. I'm just I'm just too excited. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I responded back to that girl, so let's see what she says. She
0: got some said, new stuff. What do, some new what do you think now?
1: What do you think now? Oh, my gift didn't post with it. I gotta edit it. Um <laughs> anyway, you guys, we'll keep you updated on that breaking news because I think I'm hilarious, obviously. Good
0: times, good times. Well, that brings us to the end of that Q and cake today. Sorry, guys. It was kind of a mess. Um, Sorry this
1: was a weird one. This is a weird, weird vibes
0: on this one. Weird
1: vibes, weird vibes. Uh, It's the least we could do. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for sticking with us through the good times and the bad. I mean, we're just real people over here, you know, so.
0: Watch out all the the haters flood to give us like
1: negative reviews on the podcast now oh well they better not after you just said you scream cry when you get negative reviews (laughs) or not negative reviews, just bad things like happen where you just need to scream cry
0: no that was um I can genuinely say I think that was like the last time in my business and that was like fall of 2018 that I like really lost it when like I felt like something went wrong I've had moments of like feeling panicked or like oh gosh did I mess this up but I've never like had a Yeah. Raging
1: fit of tears. (laughs) The raging tantrum.
0: (laughs) I was just telling her, it's okay to cry.
1: Yeah. (laughs) You just got to
0: get that out. (laughs) Yeah,
1: you do. You feel so much better, honestly.
0: Um, It's amazing because as soon as I like cried for a while, I sat there and I was like, I know exactly what to do. She was like, I'm driving to Florida. (laughs) I was like, okay. (laughs) And I actually did not end up having to do that, thank God. But yes, it all worked out and it was fine, but- it was a lot at the time. So, hey, if you guys like the podcast, um, even though today's episode was a total mess, um, please go to iTunes and leave us a rating and review, preferably a good one. Yeah, you guys, <laughs>
1: like we mentioned before, you don't know how much your kind words really mean to us. Like, we really, really appreciate them. We really love it. So leave us a review if you're loving the podcast. It, it really does mean the world to us. We would really appreciate it. Appreciate that. And um, of course, if you have more questions for Q and Cake, you can submit those at bizbirthdaybash.com slash Q and Cake. All
0: right. We love you guys. Talk to you next time. Bye, y'all. Bye. Hey, Tammy
1: Mae. I have a few questions for you, if you don't mind. Well, Elizabeth, you're always as lost as last year's Easter egg, so go ahead and ask them. Thank you so much. All right.
0: Let me look here. I wrote them down. What printer do you use in your home office? And what watercolor paper do you recommend for those beautiful paintings you make? Also, do you have a favorite brand of paint and a favorite paintbrush? Because I would just love to be able to use those to make something like you do. And lastly, I'd really like to know how the heck you scan in those artwork paintings to your computer and make them look so realistic. It just looks like they've been painted right on that screen.
1: Elizabeth, I tell you what, sometimes you are as useless as a steering wheel on a mule because you just got all kinds of questions. But you know what? Where you can find all of them answers, you just got to go to com slash favorites. You know, Cami and Elizabeth, them real cute girls who talk about paper all the time. And they're just the cutest things i ever seen. Well, they put together an Amazon resource list so you can just shop it whenever you want. It's shoppable. You just click the links. It takes you right to the products they use. And who doesn't love Amazon with that two-day shipping? It gets there lickety split. Oh, my gosh. Those two girls are just heavenly angels sent from the Lord
0: themselves. I can't believe they would go out of their way to do something so nice for us.
1: So... Where is this again? Do I have to use the intranet to find this? You got to get on the line, okay? So you just got to get on the line and you just go to bizbirthdaybash.com forward slash favorites. Once you go to that page, you're going to be grinning like a possum eating a sweet tater because it's got all the good stuff. We got printers, scanners, their label printer they use for shipping, Cammie's favorite watercolor brushes, Elizabeth's favorite calligraphy paper. I mean, it is all Right there, and let me tell you that just deals my pickle, you know what I'm saying? I can't believe this. All right, I gotta get a pen real quick. Can you tell me one more time what that link is so I can write it down right here? My word. Liza, Beth, Please me. Me. Please go, I'm gonna me you right now, me. I'm going to tell you right now. I have been busy. More time. I will <laughs> tell you if you just hush up, okay? All right. So, you know, I'm busier than a cat covering up crap on a marble floor. So, just hold on. I'm getting right to it. Here is the link, y'all. Okay. Write this down. BizBirthdaybash.com slash favorites. Go shop all of Cami and Elizabeth's favorite supplies and office resources. You can do it. BizBirthdaybash.com slash favorites. I'm so excited. I'm about to dial up right now.
0: Y'all come back now, you hear?